0: You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with Andy Grant. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having, but you don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel Show is produced weekly for your growth and enjoyment. Listen to us on podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more. You can also watch the show on YouTube by visiting realmenfeel.org YouTube. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Real Men Feel is brought to you by The Good Men Project. Visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations no one else is having. Your reviews, comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in our Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. And today we're talking about violence. And uh, specifically how to prevent violence, right? It's not about, hey, let's go get in a fight. Not talking about that sort of violence. We're talking about how to prevent it. Because, you know, if you're, if you are, if you see, you don't even need to see the news anymore. If you just are on social media at all, you know, you're seeing far too many stories of shootings happening at churches, at concerts, at workplaces at schools and it's just it's just far too common and i've seen lots of workplace uh leaders and and school principals and people like that say after the fact of an incident at their place that they just didn't know any way that they could prevent this so today my guest attorney stuart silverman who is a founding member of the workplace violence prevention institute well stuart says workplace violence is preventable and and i don't think he means by arming everybody like some people have suggested but you know let's find out so Welcome to Real Men Stuart. Thank you,
1: Andy. It's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure to be here. And no, we're not talking about arming. And in fact, we're not even talking about this arming. We're not the whole Second Amendment conversation. This is the sum total of it right here. It
0: doesn't involve anything that we talk about. Period. Excellent. Excellent. Well, good. Well that, then that must make it easier to engage with people and have people, you know, take some of your, your proposals and, and run with them.
1: Absolutely. And we tell them, listen, there, and it's not a matter of you have to be of one view, another view, or whatever. What we're really talking about here is very simple, is that if you take the events after they occur and reverse engineer them, and you get back to a time before they occurred, you're gonna see a whole host of warning signs. And based upon those warning signs or clues, those are things that in the workplace setting, if it's an employee-unemployee thing, you can, for the most part, prevent to reduce the risk. And in the school setting, when I'm talking about the mass school shootings, for the most part you can see signs or things out there that for the most part you can reduce the risk hmm. that's what we're talking
0: about cool so you're primarily you're you're a labor attorney
1: been practicing for a little over thirty years down here in uh, South Florida mostly of it do is labor labor and employment and litigation but you know when you're advising companies and you're dealing with companies on employment issues how to deal with employees and things of that nature they realize that you've got a lot of responsibility as a company to your to your employee and you've got an opportunity to buy how you do things to create safe workplaces Not only that you have a federal duty under OSHA under that federal agency to provide a safe workplace to all employees mm-hmm. so this is just part and parcel of that
0: Wow I didn't really so I I, uh, I guess I was assuming that oh maybe you were you were personally involved in some tragedy that had you redirect I never really thought of the, the issue of workplace violence as being Kind of in the the normal realm of a labor attorney.
1: It's actually it, it's one of those things we stop and think about. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But we do see this. We see that when companies don't have to spend their time on let's call it extraneous things, they can do what they do best, which is you know run a business, do a profit. Picture a school scene for example. This is that the easier one? Your teachers are there to teach, and hopefully students are there to learn. Hopefully, mm-hmm. when you got to get bogged down. In other things, and doing, uh, unfortunately, in this day and age, you know you've got to do active shooter training, and what if this, and what if that, and now you're spending time on those issues. It's taken away from your education time. It's no different in the in the in the, in the workforce. You want to be there, you know, whatever you're doing—making widgets, selling widgets, doing a service, whatever—as opposed to being bogged down in other things. The more you're able to focus on that, and have policies and, pl- and procedures in place to deal with everything else, the better you're going to be, no matter what that policy
0: procedure is. This is just part of it. So are more companies and schools trying to be proactive and, and looking at strategies, putting things in place these days? Yeah, I really wish
1: they were. Uh, from a company perspective, I really wish they were. We have a, we have a guy who was who who involved with us. This guy is an unbelievable person. You may have heard of him. His name is Felix Nader. He was a postal inspector in the, uh, in, in the post office in the, for a long period of time. He was there way back in the time when the term going postal had a meaning of a guy walking into the post office and shooting up a place. And he and his team, you know, was a group of people who got together and really took that term out of our vocabulary to some degree. He has a saying, which is a very cute saying, when there's an active shooting going on, there's a failed policy. Meaning when that supervisor <laughs> is sitting there under his desk because this former disgruntled employee is coming in with a gun looking for him, there's some prevention that could have happened beforehand, whether it was in the process of, why do we even... Hire this nut job to begin with? Or I mean, how can we expose him to all our, our employees? Or how do we get rid of them? Did we like just say, you're out of here, Bub, add Louis, and sending him an email? Or did we do something to sort of redirect him as he was leaving so he can go, you know, have an income somewhere else? Those are the sort of things that companies can do. That's just a, a thumbnail. But within that, there's a lot of things companies can do with regards to how they hire employees. How they fire employees they fire how they separate themselves from them that'll go a long way to reduce the risk of workplace violence and unfortunately I have to say it's in the school setting we look at things the same way meaning let's look at these massive school shootings that have gone on since columbine and unfortunately what goes on is there's the same pattern that goes on so if you find those risk things out there and you start seeing them, you can start preventing them. The FBI just came out with a study recently with regards to school shootings, and it says something to the effect, the number might be slightly off, but like, you know, 80% of them, somebody knows about them ahead of time, and they're well-planned, mm-hmm. meaning the guy's been on the internet, the guy's got an internet trail, he's been buying things and stuff of that nature. So there's some there are clues out there. If if we, you and I, as just regular individuals, get clued in as to how to look for those clues, that can go a long way to help
0: prevent a lot of the stuff that goes on. All right. Well, then, let, so, so, what are some of the warning signs that that say, you know, an, an average employee at, at work, not even HR, like, what, what, what can they look for um, at the workplace? What's a right. warning sign?
1: So, with regards to, so with regards to workers, it's 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 a matter of number one, the two two, two biggest things are how are you hiring people. A lot of times, you know, we've got an opening, somebody's left or whatever, and let's get somebody with a pulse to fill that seat. I mean, they got a live body, they got a pulse, they're breathing. Okay, great, we got somebody. Wonderful. It's not a matter of background checking or things of that nature. I'm going to get into those issues, uh, you know, things of that nature. One of the best indicators of performance is past performance, right? Past performance is always a good indicator of, of future performance. Now, what we suggest with regards to hiring people is don't just look for the live body, do what we call behavior, what a lot of people call behavioral based interviews, questions. That is, how would you respond in a specific topic? Have you been stressed out before at work when you've had to type something and your boss says, you know, do this right now, how'd you handle that situation? The person goes, uh, it's never happened, you go, mm, I think it has, yeah. you, just never, <laughs> you just never dealt with it. If they have an answer, great. So you want to, you know, when you prepare for an interview, one of the things we suggest is look at the knowledge, skills, and ability, that subset that needs to come to that particular to that particular um, job. Design questions that deal with that in that particular way that are behavioral-based, how you deal in the situation and things of that nature. That's going to tell you a lot, more, a lot more about a candidate than, oh, I see you worked at that restaurant for the last two years. What was that like? That was nice. You know, I once, had, I once had a person come to me wanting me to look at employment law. So I looked at their resume, and I looked at it, and I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know you're not traveling in Europe for the last nine months. I mean, that's just impossible. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not of the age that you're traveling in Europe and what have you. And so the person says, well, listen, I, I really worked in a strip club, but what do you want me to put down? <laughs> but if we just do our normal thing, you ask him, Oh, you traveled from Europe. Did you go to Paris? Yeah. Did you see the Eiffel Tower? Yeah. Was it was nice. Oh, yeah. It was really nice. <laughs> I mean, so we've got to do more than that.
0: And it seems very unlike. I can't think of like a behavioral question to be asked that someone would ans- could answer that would really be would would the violence shown even if they have a history of it. Like, I was. Are, aren't, aren't most people? Do have enough control that oh I need to impress someone in an interview, so I'm not going to talk about how I freak freak out or lose my temper.
1: You're you're absolutely right. That's a really good point. But you're going to see where they're going, or you could get an idea of if they're a good fit for your other for your other people there. It may be like oh that boss really. They may just say something that slips, like oh that boss really ticked me off, or say something negative about the previous workplace or something like that. That that sets up uh, that sets up something. You're right. Generally, people are not going to show violent. violent tendencies and things of that nature and if they and if they do you know they're like you know you're never you're never going to let them in the door it's a matter of them being able to get along with other people those are the things or the risk factor that may show up is that if the person really seems to be down disgruntled or like this could be a problem i remember working at a place many years ago and there was a person who came in and on day two the office manager came to me and said can you do me a favor can you follow this person home and see where they live I said what he's a law firm we're talking about (laughs) you know I said what are you talking about he says well we had her fill out her new hire paperwork and she refused to give us her home address Hmm. and I said what's the resume say well the resume doesn't say home address I said well tell her you need it she says I can't give it I said Uh, Hello, what's going on here? (laughs) And so I said, I'm not going to follow somebody home. That's just crazy. But uh, I did find out where the person lived. Um, It was pretty easy. The person drove a very unique vehicle. So it was easy to sort of spot the vehicle. But the person did not last more than two months. And they were worried that was the person going to come back afterwards. This person, they realized the person was not exactly totally with it. So Mm -hmm. those are the sort of things you want to see, like not a matter of violence, but, you know, is the person with it, not with it? Are they able to get along with everybody? Are they going to be the person that when they come in there? They're going to be totally ostracized from everybody else, and now you're going to have an unhealthy work environment. And maybe they think people are getting up, and they got to get even with them. Who knows? So those are the types of things you're sort of looking for: how they're going to fit in with the with the team, you know, before they get there.
0: And and so it's kind of especially at times like this when low the uh, with a low unemployment rate, it, it can. Uh, companies can be, uh, you know, quick to just take kind of the first warm body. Oh, good, we got someone interested. They seem to, you know, be able to get some basic concepts and perhaps speak English, so let's put them to work. Right? Um, so it's really take some time, not just yes or no questions, get to know people, ask behavioral based questions. So you find out their past responses to, to different stimuli.
1: Absolutely correct. You know, there's an old saying, and it's true, you know, it says, higher, slow, fire, fast. Huh. And, uh, It really applies here. I I more so agree with the higher slow portion. The fire fast, no, I don't agree with and that's just because I do employment law. You know, if we look at the termination or the separation process as the last best defense for an employer to to avoid an employment claim, you'll take a little more time to dot the I's, cross the T's, make sure all the paperwork is in order, and you know how you're going to steer this person away from the company
0: as opposed to just get it out of here now. Yeah, I like that. I've never – and not being a lawyer, not being an HR, but to, so to properly steer someone away from the company, not you're fired, not you're fire, your laid off, not just get out of here, but really give them a direction.
1: You want to give them a direction because here's what happens. It, unfortunately, I mean, listen, I, 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 know, I know the drill. Come Monday morning, I'm going to be ready by about 7.30, 7.45 in the morning to get a call from somebody i never heard of before. Why? Because what happened was they got fired on Friday. What happened to them on Friday? They got an email saying, don't show up on Monday. Nice personal thing or something of that nature. Or Maybe they got an email and somebody said, hey, we're here to walk you out now. And they have been fuming all weekend. Now in this day and age, if all they've been doing is fuming all weekend, I'm a happy camper. We're a much better society. But if they said, oh, that's it. I got to do something about it. And they go, Find you know somebody and shoot them up. That's another story. But what's going to happen is when somebody's going to get fired like that, unfortunately, they're going to be fuming about it. If rather than giving them the chance to fume and stew and all this other stuff, if we said, listen, it didn't work out. We've got a a package here for you. There's going to be income and things of that nature. There's going to be opportunities, stuff of that to redirect them. The fall is a lot easier, you know. And for those reasons, also. Tell companies that don't do this on Friday. Do it Tuesday. Do it Wednesday. I also suggest to them, and I've got a couple starting to listen to me, is don't let the supervisor do it, because the person is going to look at it as, "Mm, man, that person's always out to get me, or whatever. Have some, um, have some neutral, respectful person in the company who's like the chief firer, for lack of a better term. Let him or her deliver. The bad news and I'll tell you why it's going to take the personality out of it and the person can say you know we've had all these concerns and they came to me and you know we thought about it and we really did and just not working out they can do it in a way that takes the sting out of it as I've seen I've seen all too often in cases where the supervisor does it And then the supervisor has a need to defend him or herself with the employee, and then they get into a whole shouting match, or it might be even worse from the employment uh, attorney point of view, an email match. Mm -hmm. So there's a record of it that then goes to the EEOC or some agency or some judge or what have you. Look what he said to me when he terminated me. He said, it. no, I didn't mean it that way. Good luck at that point in time to say you didn't mean it that way. So you get that disinterested person in the company who doesn't have need to defend him or herself to do it, it can redirect it. It can be a lot smoother. It can be a lot easier. And then hopefully they're on
0: their way, redirected to a better life somewhere else. Cool. Cause I would have, as you're describing, I was like, Oh, so it needs to be more personal, but, but no, it can be too personal. So it's better to have someone that's not personally involved that, that just gives them the, the bad news and helps them take the next step.
1: And it depends on who it is. It can be personal in the sense that let's say the job isn't working out. You you work at a place where the person is too qualified or if they're really good, but you don't need that particular position or something of that nature. So a personal thing there is, listen, you're really good. I think you would do really good at A, B or C. And I can talk to people at A, B and C about you working there. That's one thing. If If you have that situation you're able to do, that's one thing. But if it's a regular situation and you, know, you can't do that, then the non-personal way is sometimes, uh, is sometimes best. The other thing, too, is you want to have all those benefits figured out, too. Are they going to get employment? Are they going to get medical? How long are they going to get it? Things like that. So when they go home and the, let's assume this is the wife who's getting terminated and the husband's going to, from the mindset of, OK, how much is this costing us? What happened to our benefit? You know, their answer is right there. So you want to have those so they can tell the significant other, the spouse, the family uh, about the money situations, and nobody
0: has to worry about that. So, in 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 every sort of instance of workplace violence where it was someone who was fired, and they come back with a gun, and you know they really take me personally, and they're seeking revenge. So many times people say, "Oh, I knew this person was going to do that." Right. Um, so what what can a company do when they have an employee? that does seem prone to violence has kind of made threats and it's time to to um separate from that person what what do they do in those volatile situations
1: yeah that's a good question we sometimes see is the companies don't do anything and then when they don't do anything then the person is you know coming back because they just haven't figured out what to do Or what sometimes has happened is you left the person there because they're volatile because you're scared of figuring out what um, what to do. So with the company there, if they realize there's going to be violence, they've got a duty to all their other employees as well, and they've got to fulfill that you know the best way possible. So if it means that you know the person is terminated in a setting where there's nobody else around, so be it. If the person is terminated in a way. That you're going to, if you're in in a building where there's security, um, you've got to let security know ahead of time. And what's happened in cases, unfortunately, is one in uh, Pennsylvania some years back. There's a jury trial where a lady got terminated. She goes down to her car. She broods about it for about 15 minutes. And she says, How can they do this to me? I've worked here for, I forget the number of years, 12 years, 15 years, whatever. She takes a gun, which she happens to have in her car. She walks right back in through security. Because either a they didn't know that she was terminated, or b they were like asleep at the wheel, and she went by them. however, somebody sees the gun but doesn't call the company. she goes up there and shoots five people and i you know I think the estate of whatever sued, and seventy million dollars later in judgment or whatever you know that was there, so you're gonna have to take proactive steps, whether it's security, whether it's police or, or to make sure that it's done a scenario where nobody else is. Is around, but what you've got to do is alert people. Let me give you a tragic case. This is one that in our group, we you know personally. Um, there was a girl working at a at a um, at a at a supermarket food store in Wisconsin. She had a sexual harassment claim claim against a coworker. The coworker was told of it. Was told that she was the complainant, and based upon that, the company fired. This guy. They didn't tell anybody about it. She calls, he, sorry, he calls up the next day, and says, Hey, when does she get off work? They tell her. She walks out after work and he's waiting in the parking lot to do her twice, and this 24 year old is dead. Wow. I mean, so the companies need to do things to take protective steps yeah. to protect their employees. And They've got to think about it before they do. it. This is one of the reasons why I say, you know, I disagree with. Them. I say, you know, fire fast. I disagree with that portion. You got to think about these things before you, before before you actually do it and have a plan in place.
0: Mm. And so we're talking about all different different signs and and the hiring and the firing. Have you ever heard of a case um, where there was a, a shooting or, or some type of workplace violence where just warning signs weren't there? Is 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 that a possible thing?
1: If it's for first thing we're talking about employee against employee, a, a former employee, you know, coming in. There their workplace violence cases all the time, but there are no warning signs. That's just like, let's say a guy comes into a convenience store and the convenience store is, is is killed. It's a robbery or something of that nature. Um, An employee on employee ones, not only generally are there warning signs, but there's ridiculous anger. For example, the guy who shoots somebody's cases from point blank range, forty six times. Forty six times. There's a case in uh, in, in, in Texas that the supervisor is still holding the paperwork for him to sign that he's being terminated. He went out to his car, got a gunshot 46 times. The interesting thing, the amazing thing, is he missed 20 of those times. Mm. Now, um, you really got to be angry to shoot. That is the severe rage we see with these things. Yeah. Ridiculous rage, generally that you you see you see with this whatsoever. There are times where the warning sign is delayed. For example. There was a case in Orlando, this made the news about 20 years ago, where a guy went to his former accounting office and shot and killed, I think, seven people involved. I think one was killed five injured or the other way around. This person was terminated a year beforehand. Now, the company, by all accounts, knew that this guy was a nutshell, by all accounts. And as a typical accounting firm would do, everything was by the book. So it was, you didn't work out, sorry to hear that, here's your severance, you're out the door, bye. They don't hear from him for nine months. But he couldn't get a job in nine months because for whatever, so he blamed them for that, and he came back nine months later. That's one where that they probably could have and should have been on the been on been thinking about this guy is nutty enough. we're gonna have to handle this a little bit uh differently but uh it, it ends up that uh, you know so it made news when it occurred, and it also made news about a year ago here in Florida because the guy was uh was the shooter was uh was convicted it was on appeal, and he died while in jail so the
0: uh so you want to say they're a happy ending? You know, so be it. Yeah. So I mean, so what could a company have done? Like, yeah, nine months. Like, everyone in the company could have turned over. No one even remembers that person. Or yeah. you, you know, you think, well, we're in the clear. late. like when 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 can you exhale if you think it was a potential violent person?
1: That's a good question. They're all. It's a good question. Um. Again, it's it's how he was treated. He's had that blame that was slowly building apparently over nine months that they didn't do enough to help him. When, when he left, don't know if it's there. Don't know if it wasn't there, but again, just, uh, you know, maybe, again, maybe it could have been handled that, you know, they gave him a little additional severance or some outsource treating or things of that nature, as opposed to your services were very nice. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah. So it's, it, it can really, it, not just for a company to be supportive of past employees and to help them make a next step. It can really be a defensive act to keep everyone else safe to make sure people have yeah. packages. It can't just be look at the budget or, you know, we're going down the tubes. We've got to cut everybody. There are no benefit packages for anybody. You know, that's really going to be a kind of a dangerous place.
1: It Well, again, it's, it can be. But, uh, you know, if there's no benefit packages because it's just the size of the company or things of that nature. So there's what I call, you know, the non-monetary things you can do there's outsource training, we can uh, we can put you in touch with some people or things of that nature, showing that there's some caring or things of that nature. Or, for example, the insurance is paid for through a period of time, keep it on through that period of time. Sorry we don't have money because we're going through a hard time. Everybody's going through it. But again, we can, we can talk to people, we can direct you in certain areas or things of that nature. We're not going to fight the unemployment, you know, let them know ahead of time, uh, things like that. So it doesn't, again, if there's money. That's great. if there's no money, explain why there's no money, not because it's him because it's, it's nothing to do with him, it has to do with the company, and they want to help out to get him him or her you know best moving forward again, what, what I call is like redirect. in other words, the anger's not on him, but we're on your side. We're helping you. This is a good thing.
0: Yeah. okay, cool um so so let's let's shift to 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 schools to focus on because i I assume they're going to be different. You know, students aren't getting hired and fired and you know that that it just so 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 what sort of things can prevent school shootings so let's 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 break these down
1: if it's your what i call your stupid thing the sixth grader shows up on the bus with a knife um you know that's uh you know then yeah, that's 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 a metal detector issue or something of that nature the, the the person who gets angry and goes to get a gun and comes back to school with that that's a couple issues there. What's he, what's the kid doing with a gun? How did he get a gun? Again, those are the things I'm not totally dealing with because those have a bunch of other issues going on there as well. We're talking about the large things. We're talking about in my neighboring town over here, some next to Parkland, Florida. You know, Marjory Stone and Douglas. We're talking about Santa Fe this year, the school in Texas, in the end of uh, middle of May, where a person went in, you know, killed uh, ten, injured a whole slew of uh, others as well. You know, we're dealing with things going on all the way back to Columbine. So we've also, and mostly through the um through the, through the head of the workplace violent prevention institute, a uh, person by the name of Kathleen Bonchek. So what she's done is also reverse engineered these and you start seeing the scariest patterns develop. And here's what they are. These Columbine guys, and I don't refer to shooters by name. I don't personally I, I don't don't need to glorify these 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 these, these things. So, therefore, it's the shooter, alleged perpetrator, or something of that nature, I don't refer to names. The victims, we should, but not the shooter. Once for identity, that's it. And that's important for another reason. Why? Because what happens is you get these shooters, and now you get these kids out there who want to like emulate them. You've got this guy who's you know sitting waiting trial in Parkland, and he's got letters coming in from girls who want to have his baby, and you know people who want to emulate him and stuff like that. It's crazy, but. You got these guys from Columbine, and Columbine was a shooting incident that killed many, and it was supposed to be a lot worse because it was actually a bombing incident, and the bombs never went off. The idea was supposed to be, you know, bomb here, kids run to somewhere else, bomb somewhere else, they're now falling through an area and shoot and whatever. And what they did, reverse engineering, it found that, well, these guys were able to get bomb materials legally, and they're able to – they, they, and then people since then have sort of emulated them, being as follows. The shooters in Columbine wore these long trench coats. You start seeing, you yeah, the two shootings this year where the shooters wear these long trench coats. Even though the school rules about what you can wear, what you can't wear, nobody in Texas, in at least an area of Houston, which is hot and humid, like it is in, here in Florida, but they've got more humidity, should be walking around in May with a long trench coat, you know, on. There are certain, um, pro-Russia, when I mean pro-Russia, like USSR Russia, Soviet Union, not current Russia, hmm. pro-Nazi paraphernalia that some of these, that the early shooters got into, and these other ones since then have copied that by wearing things or stuff of that nature. There are now in this day and age, some of these, or many of these, are have got an online record of threats, of things they've looked at, and stuff of that nature that's that that's out there there's also um if you remember the movie toy story so the uh the, the kid in the first one sid yep. who was yep. right the kid was always like you know wanted to like take the dolls and like yep. destroy them so picture sid but instead of doing that to dolls would we'll do it to live animals okay um that's what you also see of some of these uh some of these shooters as well sort of what I, I just refer to as the Sid personality with uh, with uh, with live animals. So you picture that sort of personality with that, that's sort of the profile that you're seeing, but now you picture that Sid instead of wearing the black shirt, he's also got this trench coat that goes down past his knees, and he's got some paraphernalia on, and he's got a, he's got a website uh, or internet presence that's talking about this stuff uh, as well. Again, not to pick on Toy story, I love the movie, but you, know, you said as an example that we can visualize so the idea is that and this should be now a team effort meaning it's one thing for the school to do but again teachers are there to teach students are hopefully there to learn it's administrative whether it's guidance counselors or things of that nature need to be involved here also schools have resource officers and they have that in more sense they have guidance counselors resource officers and they also have police uh who are resor- resource officers i spent some time working at a firm where we represented police officers back in the 90s and 2000s or so and we heard the term then that was then in the Vogue and it's coming back was called community policing meaning that the police go out and talk to businesses and say before things occur and talk about security issues and what can we do to help you and how can the streets be better and stuff of that nature if we get the local police again every school is different the school in New Jersey is going to be different from one in Massachusetts the one in Utah the one in Illinois just because the town is different the school might be of a large rural setting. Some of going to be, you know, this, this, the areas are going to be different, but the threats are sort of going to be the same. And whether it's the police, whether it's the school, whether it's the, a whole group gets together and can start getting together and they start noticing these things, then we can go a long way to doing it. Because what these, unfortunately, some of these mass school shootings have all been the same paradigm, which is it's a bombing shooting incident following in the mold of Columbine, which these. Marjorie Sonham Douglas and the Santa Fe ones really look like, you know, they are. It's not, uh, yeah, some kid got up and had some great idea one day, and he's going to go get Duns and shoot a School. No, this is well thought out beforehand. It's well planned. There's an internet trail. People are going to know about it. There are going to be warning signs, and we got to be able to tap in, see what the patterns are, find these warning signs ahead of time, and then do it. There was a, there was a great line from the, the, the governor of Florida who spent two weeks down here when the, Marty Stone and Douglas thing was going on, and he met with. Guy attended every funeral possible to go to, but uh, he made a line that was a, that really stuck with me. He says, "We cannot rely upon the federal government to save us." He says, "They've shown it here that they, that can't be done." He says, "We've got to come up on our own with ways to with ways to do things," and that, and that's what we need to do. Whether it's the town that's involved, whether it's the community that's involved, the the county, this, whatever level it is, we've got to come up with ways. Of finding these things and, and preventing them.
0: So, so is it um, is it as simple as adding more metal detectors? Is that a a, a way to prevent these things from happening?
1: The metal detectors are going to deal with the. I said the, the sixth grader brings the knife. The kid who goes home to get the gun. That's going to do. That's going to deal with the metal detectors. But you know, we still we've added metal detectors to courthouses, and we still have incidents that occur there. We've added metal detectors to airports. And we still have, you know, we still have 9/11 that occurred after, well, after metal detectors, you know, were added to uh, added there. Metal detectors are only going to deal with those particular issues. We want to deal with prevention, where you see the person online with some presence beforehand. You can nip that before he's even cut the power to the school or run a throwing bomb somewhere that you're not going to have to, you know, you have to worry about the metal detector.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and do you have any suggestions for? You know how, how students can feel safer and more empowered in in their schools.
1: Yeah, this is a, this is a big one. This is a catch twenty two. I'll tell you why. We want a situation where, if a student knows something, the student says something. But on the flip side, you don't want a situation where five students gang up on somebody, you know, and quote unquote rat them out just because, you know, and then it goes the other way because kids will be kids so you've got to find the fine line there and a lot of people have struggled with this issue for for a long time so there's no one great solution there however having said that um we have this idea out there in some settings if you see something say something meaning if you see a suspicious package or something in that nature say something and as an aside i've had the privilege recently to travel through um they privileged through Newark Airport. And they have an interesting poster there. They have a picture of a Port Authority officer. You see the guy in full gear and whatever, and you can do the visual, you know, meet, you know, Officer Jones. He's got plenty of experience in order to deal with any threat. And then the next picture is a teenager or a simple-looking traveler, and so does Jane, and so does Bob. Meaning if you see something suspicious, we've got the same ability to do that as an officer to say something. And I think what would be great is that we can reach that level where we come up with these signs and you can tell us, hey, you see the kid in the trench coat, point that out to the guidance counselor. That's all. We're not looking to rat somebody out. We're not looking on to pick on a particular person. You see the guy with the Nazi paraphernalia, you know, say something to the guy got plus, or somebody in the school who's in charge, of that sort of stuff. Just see that, say that, keep it simple. And we're all focused on one particular thing. We're not using the kids to be like, oh my goodness, what does the person, they're about to pull something out of their backpack, what are they pulling out of their backpack? They, oh, it's lunch. Yeah. We, you can't get to that point where they're so scared and things of that nature. But if you see the one thing, and we give them what the one thing is that's out of place, the, 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 the trench coat. And when it's 95 degrees outside, they're wearing this long trench coat or, or what have you. The kid who comes in with the dead animals, the kid who has a writing project says, I can't wait to write about my heroes from Columbine or something of, of, of that nature. Once we give them those particular signs and they see that and they can say that, that's great. That's what we should be trying to do. That should
0: be looking to do. So instead of just spotting something and you think, oh, what a weird kid, I'm not going to be friends with him. It's really like, wait, maybe I should let someone in charge know about this as well.
1: Yeah, it depends how what's what's weird is weird, but yeah, you know, right, you know, yeah, let somebody in charge know. And again, it, it'd be great if it all trickled down. So we're all looking for those particular things. Again, like I said, like at the airport. Yeah, I was. I was, so last year I was traveling in Israel. I was on a train in Jerusalem, and a person got off the train and left a backpack behind. That person was not more than three steps off the train before five people were on that backpack to figure out what the story with that backpack was. Now it was innocent, and somebody else, yo, you forgot your oh yeah, I forgot my back. But in those few seconds, there was oh my god, what's in the backpack? What's in the backpack? You know, hang on. Yeah. So. You saw something suspicious, you do something. And, and that's what we're asking here. But show us that. But give us that particular sign to look for. That's what we're trying to do. Come mm-hmm. up with those particular things we're looking for. Again, not the kid who's like, you know, out to lunch today because maybe he was on some medication that he's supposed to be taking for something and it got tweaked and he's not doing good. Maybe he's got a head cold. Maybe he's got some problem going on at home. That doesn't mean he's going to be the next school shooter. But if he comes in with you know some other signs that looks like other school shooters in the past or stuff of that nature, you go, okay. Maybe somebody needs to talk to them. Maybe some
0: adult needs to go
1: see what's going on here.
0: So, students really need to be educated about these signs and told what to look for and give them permission to to talk about it to others.
1: Right. But if you make the signs so simple, again, like the suspicious backpack in the airport, you do it like the trench coat in 95 degree weather, you know, yeah, then it's so simple that, you know, even even the third grader can do it. Yeah.
0: So, really, (laughs) it it doesn't need to be that. it so really shouldn't be some you know annual class assembly about how to spot shooters. It's much more subtle and just posters, just you know, not to scare people more, but just let them know some of the basic signs.
1: Right. You know, again, you don't want to post it in school because then the school shooters says, "Well, okay, I'll leave the trench go at home." You know. Hmm.
0: So so then, where does that information belong then?
1: Right. So again, you want to want to make people aware of things, but again. You, I, I think there's ways to broach it with uh, with kids on a kid level that's uh, that's a, that's appropriate um, that's appropriate for them. The teachers also, in this day and age, unfortunately but fortunately, you know, do get training on uh, on, on, on on issues as well. And I think at least in here in Florida, I think every school's going to go through, for lack of a better term, an active shooter training. In other words, it's called freeze tag. We're going to freeze against the wall. We're gonna, whatever it is that's uh, that we think we think whatever the police say right now is appropriate for for you guys to do that could change next week that can change next month that can change next year is what they think is appropriate
0: but and it, is prevention important. part part of those drills before it becomes that like all the prevention steps you're talking about do those get are those part of any training right now
1: i don't think they do i mean you know schools still get fire drills when was the last time a kid was killed in a fire in a school in the u.s i think it's been like 50 years or something like that but we still have fire drills and stuff like that nature but we don't we don't deal in school with fire prevention. We deal with that by watching, you know, smoking beer commercials and things of that nature so we have an idea of it. And maybe, by the way, that is the eventual answer is that the, you know, federal government steps in. I saw something posted recently, which somebody has a great idea, which is, you know, in schools we have these IEPs. For kids who've got, you know, special needs, we've got individual educational plans for them and teachers and guidance counselor, whatever, very careful to dot their I's, cross their T's on this, and what have you. And maybe if they'd implement this sort of idea here as well for the troubled kid, um as a as a sign as well, you know, people will start really waking up and realize it's preventable as opposed to, oh my gosh, we're gonna have to harden schools and have all these additional layers of security and have clear backpacks so the teenage girl is gonna be embarrassed if it's that time of the month that she has to walk in with a clear backpack or or, or something of that nature. Or I guess you can't surprise anymore anybody in school with anything anymore. And if you're really carrying in peanuts, we're gonna know about it. I, you know we've got to get some common sense control over this and figure out how to deal with this on a on a level but i, I in my gut i think at the end it's going to boil down to a local uh thing because every town is different every
0: school has its own personality interesting stuff um so 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 i mentioned that you're a founding member of the the workplace violence prevention institute so so what exactly is that
1: so it is a it's a group that's dedicated it's to dedicate. The ideas is we're out to educate, originally started to educate companies, employers, businesses, governments about ideas of prevention with regards to employee on employee workplace violence. And the way we did it was, you know, we looked at really the two main ways and sort of touched upon them are in the hiring process and in the separation process. Those are the two best ways. If you, let's put it like this. You know, you don't let anybody through the front door of your house. Offices shouldn't be the same way. Just can't let anybody in as as uh, as the employee. A whole bunch of things to do there. But it's sort of you know transformed into you know concern that the schools is pretty much the same thing. Especially seeing that I said in these mass shootings, you see the same sort of warning signs over and over again. In that in that sense, there are tons same idea parallel idea. There are tons of signs that are out there that these these, unfortunately the shooters are leaving off. That you know, in this day and age, if properly uh, traced, could help reduce the reduce the risk of it. Unfortunately, you know, we've we've got to the point where if you hear the term active shooter, or if you hear the term school shooting, you know, we immediately panic and put the TV on or put the internet on or what have you, you know, to follow it. And we've got to get to the point where we take we, we school shooting is something that we realize we can do things to prevent or, or school attacks or school or things because again a lot of these were bombing things that just went awry yeah. uh, fortunately in that sense because it could have been a lot worse you know if you picture some of your scenes from I think in uh, Europe in the past few years there are a couple of terrorist attacks one the one in Nice where the guy plowed down with a vehicle but there also an airport in Belgium I think where the guy had a series of bombs that he threw to direct people to one area some of these school shootings were tried to be like that the bombs just never went which was you know thank goodness for 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 little things, but uh, in that sense, but you know these things could be that's what some of these guys have been trying to do, and these are the things we're going to try to try to prevent
0: so um, does is the institute you, you just working in Florida or are you working uh, across the country or One of the things we're doing is we're actually working right now,
1: not only in Florida, but working with a lot of parents in the Santa Fe uh, school area, but one of the things we're trying to do is really trying to take this if I can say this right locally but nationally meaning that it's something that can be done everywhere but across the country and one of the things that we come up now is like a three-on-three three initiative person commits to do three acts by the end of the year let's go to a school board meeting and just say hey what are we doing about prevention of it just raise the issue just raise the issue that way it's all we're asking and we're getting you know to come up with three acts and to tell three people and we're trying to you know take this across you know the country getting people from different states to sign up. And so far we've gotten people from 17 states and the District of Columbia to sign up. So, 18 out of quote unquote 51 so far is, is is pretty good. So we're we're you know it's only been going on for a few weeks, but we're like you know we're getting there. Uh, sort of a little debate which of the Carolinas goes first, which of the Dakotas goes first. They're both still open. So if you're out there watching from any of those and you want to jump in, go right ahead. But uh, you know sometimes and all it takes sometimes is just top of mind awareness. If you go to the school board or the back-to-school night or what have you, and you say to the teacher, um, what are you guys doing about this? And they hem in the hall, you realize there's nothing. They realize we've been working with the local police and things of that nature. And they come up with, we can't tell you everything, but we've changed things dramatically. You know, that's something else. I have um, I have a daughter who teaches in school, and I saw this locally that after the, uh, after the Parkland thing, the mayor of the town of in came out the next day pretty much and said, I want a police officer in every school in this city, period. And what that has apparently transformed to is not only is he in the school, but he's in the school, meaning looking around, looking around the grounds, realizing where the school is, realizing other things that he knows that the school didn't know, like are there high speed in the area, are there, are there crimes in the area, the are there drugs in the area, things of that nature. So this partnership has been working itself to make a lot of these schools a lot, you know, risk-free from other things as well, mm-hmm. and that should only, you know, just continue, which could be in some cases, you know, a good thing of it. That's all part of just the idea of community policing, that they're out there looking around the scenario, um, looking and saying, okay, we can make the place safer by doing the following. Oh, your bushes are too high. Let's assume That's an issue in South Florida always, <laughs> um, you know, because people can hide behind and things of that nature. We don't have a clear view. Um, but they come up with other ways to really enhance the school and keep the school safe from other possible, you know, threats that are out there. So those are always those are always good things. That's why I talk about the team effort hmm. that's that's needed. But different different um, different areas of the country are going to have different needs. I went to law school in, in South Jersey, and South Jersey is, is is a patchwork of very small towns. But each of those towns has two things: their own post office and their own school. So the personality of one town is going to be similar to the other, but it's its own school and its own police and its own whatever, and they're going to be involved in that few block radius of the school. Now, the schools, again, since the towns are small, the schools really have only one entrance or two entrances to begin with. So um, it's not like some of these, you know, in the Midwest we see, or so in Santa Fe, a wide open campus, where there's so many different ways of, of getting into. So, again, the needs are going to be different based upon the Found the the geographics
0: and the demographics. Cool. And so I I guess when I thought of uh, you know having a police officer in every school, it was more just you know a guy standing at the door. And but you're really saying no, they're they're really patrolling the school. So they're it's a community policing effort in the school. So they're getting to know students, they they're preventing other crimes, making the whole environment safe. It's not just about shootings.
1: From the police perspective, absolutely. Yeah, they're doing, it, they're doing, and again, every, every area is different. And so that's one of the things I know they're doing here. I've seen other places, um, for example, my uh, home county in New Jersey, the, uh, the police in conjunction with the prosecutor's office, because that's the way they run things. That's just because the way they run things there, and that's fine. So what they've done is they've gone out and gotten maps of like every school. So in the event that there's an incident, one, they can train without being in the school. Two, if there's an incident, you know, in some of these large high schools and stuff of that nature, they know the grounds because they've got it computerized already. So, and I'm sure there's other things once they have that computerized record of that that they can do to start securing areas. And I'm sure there's recommendations that they've made if they're doing community policing hmm. to, to, to do things. But again, like I said every area is different how they deal with it, as long as they're dealing with it together. Right. So that's and that's the
0: key, making that team.
1: Making that team. Yeah. And as part of the police, for example, you know, when they're walking in town and, you know, the guy says, you know, I had these two teams buy tons of fertilizer here. You go, hmm, fertilizer. Hey, I've seen that before. Wonder why? Hmm. Let's check this out. So again, part of that whole team effort of a town saying, no, so literally this ain't happening in my town. Um, You know, making that sort of effort for it to occur. And that's where, you know, we all can get involved in going to. And encouraging our police when we see this going on saying, hey, you know, my kid goes to that school, my daughter goes to that school, whatever. I hear you guys are in there. That's great. We like that. Fantastic. Thank you. Or, you know, you're the business person in town they come to and you say, you know, I, I see that. That's really great. That's, that's, I, I'm, I'm feeling so much better. Thank you. Give them that the encouragement. I bet you they're going to do more. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so what's the best way for people out there to, to get in touch with the Workplace Violence Prevention Institute?
1: So there's two ways. You can go to the to the website and it's long and slow. It's workplaceviolencepreventioninstitute.org. Now I'm telling you, it's a slow loading website for whatever reason and I know if you're like me, if it takes more than a nanosecond or three seconds to load, we ain't going there, we're, we're not going to stay there. Fine. Um, and I said for whatever reason it's a slow loading thing. You don't want to Deal with the slow link thing, send me an email and I'll get you the information. So I'm also not as not as fast an email, but you know, I'm one of the last, you know, vestiges of people on uh, AOL. But I heard somebody tell me that the last people on AOL are probably the same number of people using the Netflix mail package, you know, <laughs> as well to get their movies, <laughs> to get their movies in a package by mail as opposed to downloading. I'm not one of those people. But at any anyway, rate, they can send me an email. Um, email address is s m s l a w f i r m s m s lawfirm at aol dot com, and they just put workplace violence and you know I'll get them the information or what have you, um, you know as well. We got people from I'm telling you from parts of the country I've never towns I've never heard of, <laughs> which is great. Um, you know, getting involved and in trying to take you know this to their to their town to their county to their area you know, to slowly but surely, I think it's going to be a grassroots effort of of, a, of where everybody's helping each other. And again, different towns are going to do different things. But if we're all in this together, we can go a long way to preventing, you know, this
0: sort of craziness in the world. Right. Yeah. And I bet you'd rather hear from, hear from these towns you've never heard of as opposed to, oh, you're the town I just saw in the news because something happened there. So,
1: so that's, that's been sort of my pitch to people. I said, I don't want to be the town in the news, but let me, t- <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you a true story. So living living here in Palm Beach County, we had to live through the butterfly ballots, uh, you know, election some years back. While that was going on, so a couple weeks afterwards, I had a – I was in another town in Florida. I had a hearing, and I had to stay overnight in some town. So I check in. I go to the hotel elevator. I get in, and a guy walks in right behind me. I hold the door open for him. I ask him what floor. I hit it. And he says to me, look at that. It staggers. It goes one here and then two across and then three on the other side and four across. And he goes, I bet that must be real difficult for people of Palm Beach County to figure out. <laughs> now, I had two answers to tell him, which was either A, I'm from Palm Beach County or B, like totally ignoring it and go, yeah, I guess it is and i chose the latter it was late i was tired i didn't want him to feel bad i didn't want to get in an argument with him so i said <laughs> i imagine so <laughs> so you're right you don't want to be from that <laughs> you don't want to be from that town where it to him. that was a joke this is more serious oh yeah parkland you know what's that like and even now you know i'm telling I, I, i'm later on i got a Man it look like if I got to get to the gym and the gym is eh, 2 miles from Parkland and I bet you coming out of there I'm going to see at least one car with a MSD Strong sticker on it or some reference to Marjorie Stone Douglas or Parkland schools or something of that nature cuz it affects people you know it's still it's it's still in the news sure. it's it's still affecting people I'm, listen the families I'm not talking about you know them I'm just talking about the regular people who go about their everyday thing you know in the area, it's still in effect
0: hmm. do, do you have any sort of uh, you know grand vision or hopeful outcome of where maybe you know the United States is a few years from now that that tells you that uh, workplace and school place violence has we've really done something around prevention like how, how would you know things are working
1: so so in the workplace arena there's the the nursing industry is by far and away the the leader. In workplace violence. The nurses have a very tough position, and a lot of them hospitals have got, you know, irritable patients, irritable, you know, whatever. And they've getting attacked all which ways. And there have been a couple of movements afoot with regards to some states and some institutions of trying to reduce that. That's going to be an interesting thing to see because that is like off the charts. And hopefully that does things. I'm I'm more I'm concerned about the rest of us because it seems to be from a media perspective. We're focused on the active shooting thing once it occurs. It becomes a big media news thing and what have you. But we don't talk about the prevention of it. That, you know, that concerns me tremendously. And companies go take the idea, as you pointed at the beginning, oh, I didn't think, oh, it never happens here, it never happens here, it never happens. Oh, it does. It happens. It happens in the strangest of places that you'd ever, never expect it to. We had a shooting last year in an upscale mall in Coral Gables outside of Miami where people were eating lunch at a restaurant in Nordstrom's and they're witnessing SWAT teams come in. Now, if you could be sitting there having lunch on a Saturday afternoon at Nordstrom's and there's an employee coming back with a gun to shoot and kill two people next door to you, it can happen there. You know, it can happen anywhere. Or some of them have been like, and like the same week that that happened, there's a shooting in Texas where somebody killed a former employee, and these were, and and these were these were not just nurses. This was hospice care people. I mean, you know, come on, hospice care people. You would think the the angels are taking care of people in the last. You'd think yeah. they can happen there. They can happen anywhere. And unfortunately, it continues. The school one, I think, is going to have to reach ahead some way on how many more mass incidents can, can we see as a country. I think that's unfortunately going to have to reach ahead some way, somehow, before we, you know, we, we get a we get a good handle on this. I just, you know, again, hope that there aren't, you know, many more. But, you know, there's still people wanting to emulate these these these, these you know, shooters, terrorists, whatever you want to call them, perpetrators out there. And uh, unless we start preventing it, we can put up all the metal detectors in the world. It's not going to stop bombs coming in. For right. stuff of that nature. That's the, the scary thing. We saw an incident here in Palm Beach, Canada. This past week at a preseason football game, there was a shooting outside that went on where like, they evacuated everybody. And they've been very careful to say it's not a school shooting because they don't want to use that term to scare people. Now, it's a school football game just outside the ticket window and stuff of that nature. To me and you, that sound like that. But you understand from their perspective why they're not saying you know that it was because we're so scared of that term. So I, unfortunately, I, I, it's prevention's the, 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 the in conjunction with yeah, hardening the schools is going to go a long way. And the more that we deal with prevention, the more we get together on a, on a level, say, no, we, we don't want this in our backyard, literally. Um, that, that's what's, I think, going to drive things.
0: Cool. So, so prevention is possible in, in all these scenarios, and it comes from the community, the entire company coming together as a team. Uh, some set education on the warning signs, being vigilant, being alert.
1: Right, and it comes from when the company's taking the mindset of it can't happen here. Well, there's no prevention that's ever going to occur at that point in time. Yeah. When they wake up and say it can happen here, what steps do we need to take? Congratulations, when that epiphany has gone off, now that we can start taking actions to start, you know, preventing, preventing things from occurring. Schools have realized it because you know, they're government entities in some sense, so there's gonna be insurance, there's gonna be a bunch of things that they're gonna to have to deal with, so now there's gonna be pressure on them to sort of deal with that, but again, the prevention is gonna come, I believe, is gonna come from a team effort, from just people, just like you know you and me, going to their people in the town, going, hey, what are we doing about this? Yeah. Or you're doing something about it, congrats, keep doing what you're doing about it, right, something right. like
0: that. Yeah, so communication.
1: <laughs> communication, the character of the stick, one way or the other.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, so the most dangerous thing, if you hear this, like it can never happen here, that's going to be your almost your first warning sign that we really need to take action. Then, if that's kind of the mindset, you
1: know, I run before about somebody who happened to be in Baltimore. where The guy says it can't happen here. I said you must have missed the incident five years ago where it did happen. Yeah. You know, th- this is your second shot already, yeah. literally second shot. Mm-hmm. But you're right, it can't. It, it can happen everywhere, unfortunately. Listen, Parkland was rated the safest, one of the safest towns in the country. It's like one of the leading schools in the country that I mean it, it can happen there. It's the least expected place that you see somebody go in and shoot anybody, let alone go into a school and and, and shoot people it, it, you know it's not the Wild west. it's not an, it's not an urban center it's a very, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful town. It's got a lot of uh, affluent homes. It's got a lot of wide open, undeveloped areas, a lot of horse country and stuff of that nature there as well. In fact, our family loves to, there's a couple of parks there that we love uh, going to, and uh, my wife and I want to get away from it. We just go to Parkland and drive because there's nothing for a lot of stretches. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is the last place that you'd expect to see something like what occurred on on February 14th occur. Wow.
0: Wow. Well, uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on, Stuart, and all the work you're, you're doing with the Institute and you know, it's it's sad that this conversation needs to happen, but I'm also glad that it is.
1: You know, it really is. It, you're, I firstly appreciate very much you having me on. You're absolutely right. It's really sad. I, you know, I was talking with I was talking with uh, Kathleen Bonchick, our president yesterday. And I said and I was saying, remember the Morgan Freeman movie, Lean on Me? We went into Paris East Side and being from New Jersey, I know that Patterson Eastside was a very rough school. And he did like radical things like lock the door so guns couldn't get in. And that was radical at the time. You know, now it's like you mean you don't keep the doors locked and make can walk in. Mm-hmm. So you're right. It is said that that has occurred, but our first our first thing is to make sure that our kids are safe. Our, our kids are safe. Everybody in the schools are safe. Parents, educators, staff, administrators, teachers as well. We've got a duty to, to keep them safe, and we've got to do what we can. And it, like, prevention's the the one thing that I really think is going to stop you know these mass things. The kid with the knife, the kid with the gun. That's what our metal detectors are for. That's what the school bus cameras are for and stuff of that nature. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other stuff, the big stuff, that's prevention, and that's going to be a team effort, and I think we can do it. Cool. Just hopefully hopefully, we just don't get too many more of these before we do it.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, we don't need any more. Everyone we should be able need... to act on yeah. prevention today. Right. Nothing to wait. Correct. For. Absolutely yeah. correct. Cool. Well, uh, thanks again, Stuart. And, um, you're very welcome. wherever you're checking this out, we'll put in the show notes on thegoodmenproject.com or on realmenfield.org, uh, links to the Workplace Violence Prevention Institute, um, also, Stuart's email if you want to reach out to him personally. Um, but, yeah, don't just sit back. Take some action. Make your community more aware. Um, for more of the conversations most men aren't having but certainly should be, visit thegoodmenproject.com. Wherever you're watching or listening to this podcast, please subscribe. Please share. Give a rating, review. We'd love to hear from you. And, again, visit realmenfield.org. Check us out on Facebook. Send us feedback. And we'll talk to you again soon. Be well. Thank you for listening to Real Men Field reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. Until next time, visit realmenfeel.org or the Real Men Feel Facebook group and share what you thought of this episode. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations no one else is having.
1: or prevent any disease.